Hi, I'm Keenan. And I'm Rachel. And this week on Part of Our World, we have Thrills and Magic blogger and photographer Andres Gonzalez. Welcome, Andres. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me on this very special uh, today when we're recording. It's the anniversary of when Disney World and yeah, Disney World shut down. The oh. anniversary. Uh, the one month. Oh, one month anniversary. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's been an month. entire month without without the parks. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. And I don't know. The news today was basically a plan to start reopening things and so i don't know if you saw this but uh two weeks of a, re- a significant reduction in covid 19 cases and then they can slowly start to open some businesses and things and then you need another two weeks on top of that before a place like disney could even open and even then there's probably going to be restrictions on things like uh how many people they allow. Yeah, but also like shows. Yeah. Like there's no way they're going to be able to have... People shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, phantasm- you phantasmic. Yeah, you know, that yeah I, I doubt any of the night shows, especially how people crowd in for fireworks. Like Happily Ever After, that's definitely not going to happen for a while, I don't think. Yeah, it makes you wonder if once they do start it, if they'll have just like roped off areas where first come, first serve, or you get a lotto ticket... Maybe they'll do um, boarding squares. Yeah, boarding boarding passes for happily ever after viewing places. But no, there's no way they can actually control it. So no, probably going to be a while. You can see those fireworks from everywhere, so that's tough. But I do see them doing some sort of phased opening, kind of how they close things down. Yeah, but in reverse. So I can see Springs opening up, Downtown Disney opening up a lot earlier than the parks. Yep, I could see that as well. And I can see restrictions as far as who they let into the parks. I mean, the the thing I would guess would happen is resort guests, maybe annual pass holders. But even then, how? I mean, that's just thousands of people. It's crazy. So hopefully we still get to go. Yeah. So our trip, I don't know if we've formally announced this on our show or not, I but think, we... Well, not oh, maybe but, now's the time. Yeah. We have booked our 10-year anniversary trip, which our 10-year anniversary is actually in May, but... We've got, well, we had other vacation plans around then that are probably not happening. Um, so we booked a Labor Day weekend adults only anniversary getaway. So we're really hoping that that does not get canceled. Here's nice, hoping. Nice. I feel like September or around that area is probably safe. Yeah, honestly, my fear at this point is that they open stuff up in May. And by the time September rolls around, there's a second wave shutting everything down again. Yeah, that's a legitimate fear right there. I, I think if that doesn't happen, yeah, September is probably plenty far away for things like Disney to be operating at least at, I don't know, a somewhat some normal capacity. capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, for those of our listeners who don't know you, you have a photography business and you're a vlogger. I know Rachel has been interacting with you a lot on Instagram probably for a while now, and you guys have recently been playing animal lots and lots of animal crossing yeah so basically we took a break from animal crossing to come do this show yeah yeah literally it's a beautiful thing there's like a venn diagram that's almost a circle of people who are really into disney and people who play animal crossing and so we've had zoom parties where we've been fishing and just talking disney what else is new <laughs> like it's just a nice extension of the community that you find here yeah I need yep. to get I need to get my Instagram game up so I can join your club. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're Except always welcome we to join the Zoom switch. parties. I think we'll do another one soon. Yeah. Um, but you know, I not being on Instagram like like Rachel is, I haven't mm-hmm. been part of that, but we've been watching your vlogs for quite a while and I think you just oh, really? do a really good job of I mean, your camera works excellent, which for me that's huge. Like if vloggers mm-hmm. have like blurry shots or shaky shots or whatever, it's just even yeah, if their personality is good, I'm like, mm, I don't I know. I just don't know what to do. Um, yeah. But you really have an eye for catching and capturing the parks, which is nice. But you also have like an, an engaging, I think down to earth vlogging persona. So you're very easy to watch. And you're somebody that for me, like vloggers that I watch 
like more than normal, I guess, like regularly, I would say. I there's a, a common thread with them all is I can see myself hanging out with them at the parks. That's like the test. Yeah. For vloggers. Can I see myself spending a day wandering around Epcot with them? And so, yeah, yeah. that's a that's a real good point to make is that I kind of ha- when you're whenever you're trying to put something out there, there's always a question of are you putting on a voice or are you putting on a persona? And I decided to just go with this is me at the parks. Yeah. Like yeah. not in a take it or leave it sort of way, but it's more of a just come join me type mm-hmm. of thing. Like this is what I'm up to. And I'm bringing you along. Yeah. And I kind of leave it at that. If someone vibes with it, that's my type of person. If they don't vibe with it, you know, they're just not going to vibe with me, I guess, because I'm very chill and yeah. laid back. So that's kind of how I try to keep the stuff that I put out there, that it reflects me that's awesome. and my fandom as well. That's awesome. So you get you get what you get. You get what you see. Um, what you see is what you get. What you see is what you there get. You Thank go. you. We're half I, a margarita in I here. It's get what I give. <laughs> yeah, um, that too. Yeah, I'd say criminally underrated. So, Thrills of Magic, go subscribe to his vlog. We're going to hear it's, all about I mean, his it's, it's vlogging. It's definitely an uphill battle, you know. I looked at the landscape and saw hundreds of different Disney vloggers, and I said, yes, me too. I right. want to yeah. do that. I'm join that. Why not? Let me just jump into that dog pile. Same so, with podcasting, I think. It's just, oh, yeah. It's a, such a saturated, or any Instagram. You know, it's like Disney is so mm-hmm. beloved by so many, and we just, yeah, so people just. Point. We didn't even know what kind of, I don't I don't want to call it a market, because we're not really competing. We're not jockeying for a position here, but we didn't know mm-hmm. what we were getting into with podcasting. We just knew that we wanted to do it. And it's been great because getting into it, we've met a bunch of other podcasters and content creators and have been part of a community. But it's also like, oh, my gosh, we are a small fish in a big pond. Yeah. So but it's it's been fun. So I don't know. You mentioned just kind of seeing seeing the field and saying, yep, I want to be a part of that. And I think that's kind of like the biggest thing that we wanted to hear from you is just kind of your total story here. Like, how did you how did you fall in love with Disney? When did you decide to make the plunge into vlogging and photography and all that stuff? And and basically what came first, you know, the love of Disney or, or the photography hobby, that, that whole thing. So maybe you can share a little bit about your journey there. Well, a long time ago when I was a child, I was fortunate enough to be on yearly road trips from New Jersey down to Orlando. And a lot of times it would involve Disney World and sometimes other parks outside of it. And uh, even when I was like, I don't know what you would call it, like old enough to make memories that you actually retain for a long time. uh, I remember like being so um, captivated by the Haunted Mansion. By the time I got back, I had like dumped out my toy box and lined them up on a hallway. Nice. Asked my sister to sit in an office chair and I pushed her down the hallway to try to recreate the experience oh my gosh, that's of awesome. Haunted Mansion. So it was like, I was that kid that as soon as I could like figure out a telephone, I ordered the vacation videos, the planning ones and wore those out. It was something, I don't know. It's something that in preparation to come up on here with you guys, I, I was trying to put into words of like, what is it? exactly and it's kind of really hard for me to still distill and it's something that um eventually uh you know you get into high school and college and that kind of falls by the wayside or isn't in the forefront of your mind but i rekindled that love a few years ago when a friend of mine was wanted to go for the first time and i was like you know what i haven't been in a long time why not and somehow I ended up becoming the planner for that. And that's kind of when things got a little more involved than I could have ever imagined. It was cool to learn like the things that had changed, the things that had. Um, and timing wise, it was in 2017 when uh, that year, I believe it was Universe of Energy and Movie Ride closed. So it was cool to be able to catch those right before things like really changed and i feel like ever since i got back into disney there's been a ton of changes and it seems like it had stagnated for a little while but i grew up around the disney renaissance so that kind of kept that alive for me and 
ever since I went back to the parks as an adult, I just haven't been able to get enough. It's very strange because you and Keenan there's some parallels there <laughs> are very very similar. Yeah, and but it's interesting what you said. It's like it's hard to distill the what Disney magic is, what it means, the effect that it has on people. And I think part of that is it is a subjective experience. Like it's magical, mm-hmm. but like what makes it magical for you might be different from what makes it magical for me. Yeah, so I mean, I, I know some people who just go for the food. And like that, that, and that can be magical in its own way. And same with the alcohol. Like (laughs) if that's, if that's what you're there for and you're loving it, go for it. You want to drink at a really highly themed bar. Yeah. Your socks off something for everybody. Yeah. I think, um, the one word or like kind of umbrella thing that I could think of to kind of summarize it is the escapism of it, of the experience that you feel like you're somewhere else. And for me, it's like just, all that positivity that kind of rubs off on you and you take home with you. That, that's a feeling that is hard to replicate anywhere else. Yes, for sure. There's Definitely. just good vibes all around. And yeah, um, somebody had asked me about the vlogging, like, is that you or is that a persona that you put on? And I thought about it and I said, it's mostly me, but I would say it's me with, with the addition of all those good vibes and interactions that you have with people, you know? So it's me, but a little bit heightened. Right. Yeah. So you have Disney Andres. Yeah. Where it's like, right, I have exactly. Disney Rachel. It's still you, but it's you yeah. at Disney. Right. Yeah. And we would even joke about that. Like, oh, this is Disney Rachel. Cause you are a different beast. I don't want to call, <laughs> I don't want to call you out here, but like Rachel's the type of person that would, I just, you're a comfort creature, creature of comfort and get the idea of like the up and Adam, you know, seize the day mentality, virtually non-existent. Yeah. But at Disney, let's go. It's, let's get yeah. go time. <laughs> like not a minute is wasted. It's really funny. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's some yeah because there's just I feel like there's less there's less care in the world. There's less weight on your shoulders. It's like yeah, I'm gonna get up because I'm getting up for awesome things. Or it's like when I don't want to get out of bed because I have to go to work or do right responsible yeah. things. And yeah, but even like so, on a, even like on a beach vacation though, it's like it's still pretty. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> Disney is my happy place. It's true. Disney it's monster. A, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I mean, where else do you get up at like the crack of dawn to get on a ride? You know, I know it's like seven 30 in the morning. You're just getting spun around. You're like this is weird, <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. Let's go do the next one. Yeah. Exactly. The escapism like is, the, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's this weird combo of like adrenaline and just excitement, I guess. Mm hmm. Something in the water. Yeah, the pixie dust. <laughs> something in the air. They pump something out on Main Street. Yeah, it's it's pixie dust. But uh, yeah, it's like you're you're going to this this completely like different magical place. And I, I've done my fair share of world travels. And don't get me wrong, it's amazing. Mm. But and I don't want to say Disney is better than you know visiting a new country, new culture, and stuff like that. I don't necessarily think that it is, but it's. I put it on the same level as far as that type of experience. For me, it's so fulfilling and just so immersive that yeah, I can just go again and again and again. But enough about me. <laughs> you do. So some- wait, I, I wanted to back up one second. So sure. you used to watch the vacation planning videos? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did. Would order the VHS in the mail and Very nice. would wear those down. Yeah. Yeah. He always, like not always tells me about it, but yeah, you've mentioned that a few times where, cause it, you know, kind of like you, Andres, where it's like Keenan, it fell by the wayside for a while. Uh-huh. And then we went back when we were adults back in, I think it was 2016. So like right around the same time as you. Cool. And he was like, I was like, where is this coming from? Like this. My like instant obsession. Yeah. With just everything? obsession with yeah. Disney and planning and just like getting super into it. He's like, well, I've kind of like, if I look back, I guess I have like had this in me like as a kid where yeah. you would. You know, the ending of Ratatouille mm-hmm. where the, the critic takes a bite of the Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. That was like me when I got to watch Witch- <laughs> Wishes and it just. Boom, childhood just slapped me right across the face. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I I remember these things. Right. Mm -hmm. Whoa. I haven't felt like this in a long time. That's awesome. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt in our 
our trip in 2016. It was just like, wow, I think I forgot what this feels like. And part of it is also, I didn't think that adults could still get this feeling. I, for whatever mm-hmm. reason in my college years, I don't know if it was the partying I was doing or just the focus on achieving and finishing school and all that stuff. But I just, it, right. I didn't really, it, it wasn't a thing that I was into even in the slightest. I saw, wa- watched some Disney movies. I guess mm-hmm. I still liked the music, but it wasn't. But as soon as I was back, it was, it was right there. Yep. Yeah. I, somebody has mentioned putting those VHS and DVDs on Disney Plus, And I would just, I'd relish that. I'd have yeah, there's some once. on YouTube. I won't lie. Um, I got a little nostalgic the other day for those, which is a weird thing in itself. But I, I looked one up from before Animal Kingdom opened, and like I remembered all the beats in it and the cuts oh and like what the kid says, what the lady says. Like the, the scans are like poor quality, but whatever. It was still a fun little trip. Nice way to spend a half hour. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I do highly recommend free animal kingdom as well. I it's cool to pre- see like what it used to be like, you know? Yeah. Oh, animal kingdom was when it first opened hardly anything. It's yeah. Still I great. I remember loving year, it. Actually, but... it was, it was nothing. It was just buy all this stuff. I didn't see a single animal on Kilimanjaro. Yeah. And that's when they used to have the, uh, that weird elephant poaching story that was traumatizing. Hmm. I don't remember that. I do remember it's tough to be a bug, which is have. still still there. Yeah, yeah. I remember that made my mom cry. Really, with the with all the stinging and all that stuff. It was like way too intense for her. Normally, that's how I I remember like kids responding to it because it can get pretty intense. Yeah, but yeah, we I remember our first time and only time at Animal Kingdom. My mom cried. We got tickets to Magic Kingdom instead and spent the rest of the day there. Oh, that's <laughs> so funny. Do you remember, <laughs> Honey? I Shrunk the Audience. I do. Which I think it was Epcot. But um, No, that was at uh yeah, that was Epcot. Where, yeah, because uh, it replaced Pixar Captain Neo, right? Yeah. Um but that that had like a bug. That had like a touchy feely thing on your legs too. I remember that scaring the Yeah, they had like cattails underneath the seats that yeah. would whip mm-hmm. something like that. So you do something that I think a lot of people would be interested in, and that is you take photography, professional photography while you're at the parks. So how'd you get into that? I'm still getting used to the, just calling myself a photographer, to be honest. I've taken photos before, (laughs) you know, I think everybody has most of their life. I've always had like a point and shoot when I've traveled and stuff like that. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I never took the time to learn, Oh, this is what aperture does. This is what shutter speed is and how to set exposure. I just never took the time. I always was shooting in auto that's my confession for, for the night is I used to shoot <laughs> auto, um, which now I know is you can use it if you'd like to. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. But a lot of people starting out um, when they start learning about photography uh, shy away from it, thinking that it's like it, it doesn't show that you know what you're doing if you use it. But when I started on that trip that I mentioned in 2017, I brought my camera. I had been shooting videos, not blogs, but um, like unboxings and like single camera in a room, those types of videos. So I already had a DSLR and I hadn't really shot many photos with it. But on that vacation, I took a ton of photos. And I think this is a similar story to a lot of people. They wanted to post these, but they didn't want to feel spammy or post Disney all the time on their personal social media. Uh, I know that a lot of friends and family kind of nagged me about that because I started out doing that. I eventually just created another account and that was my dumping ground for all my Disney photos. And eventually I started spending more time on that dumping ground on on that account and discovered that there was like this whole other world of like Disney fandom that just extended beyond the parks and beyond vlogs that I had used to research that trip. There, There was photographers who were just like doing some crazy stuff that I didn't think was possible. It made me realize that there's this next level of skill 
in capturing the parks that I had no idea existed. So I, I gravitated towards that. And then uh, that year, that same year, I ended up going back for like Halloween and food, uh, food and wine and all that stuff. And I got a different camera. And between those two trips, I learned and sat down and tried to figure out what, what the heck I, I was capable of and how to use the, the equipment that I had. And since then, every time I've gone to Disney, I've kind of gotten better at photography little by little. And it wasn't until I would say I was doing that for a solid year, um, going only to Disney. Let me think how many times did I go to Disney then? Uh, probably three or four times in the span of two years. But it wasn't until February of last year that I was approached by somebody. Hey, I like your photography. Would you like to join my company? I'm looking for somebody who can or who is willing to sublicense their photos to me to sell as stock photography aimed at bloggers. And that's kind of where things went from there. It was uh, it turned into work that's a little awesome. bit. And it turned into, okay, now there's money behind this. Now I need to kind of suck in my gut and be presentable professionally and in the material that I produce. So I need to knuckle down, learn a heck of a lot more about composition, about exposure, about everything that my camera is capable of. And now it's a, about a year after that. And I've been going about every six to eight weeks to the parks with a shot list tracking the sun, knowing what has good lighting at what times. And that it's just evolved. I've basically, whatever I sense I've been giving, like, let me back up a sec. I've been giving as much as I've been getting in a way. And it just kind of seems to pile up little by little. Like I see cool photos. I am like, Oh, let me try to, um, take some inspiration from that or ask the photographer about that. Pretty soon I've developed a relationship with that photographer. I meet up with them at the parks and I learn from doing what they do, what, how I can adapt that to what I'm doing. And it's almost like now after doing this for, uh, two years, almost three that I'm starting to see, Oh, I'm developing a style now, finally. And. It's just been, again, just an evolving thing. Uh, that's the same thing with the blogging. It's just you pick up things along the way and you add it to that arsenal that you're building. And eventually people start seeing it, responding to it. And here we are now where I can talk about that journey uh, on a podcast with, with two other Disney obsessed people. That's amazing how things kind of progress from just rekindling my love of Disney three years ago. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So photography came before vlogging? Um, or is it hard to say? Well, I, I make a distinction between taking photos, like with a point and shoot, versus photography. Like actual photography. Right, <laughs> right. So, so I guess what I'm asking is, did you initially go to the parks to start making vlogs... Or did you start with the oh, photography you mean, goal in mind? I'm sorry. I didn't realize where you're going with that. Uh, they kind of went hand in hand, okay. to be honest. Like when I went on that first trip, I was also shooting video, but that was just like to make a montage, mm -hmm. you know, set it to music. Hey, here's our vacation. Yay. Like that type of thing. Nothing major, nothing like serious. Uh, it took a while um, for the vlogging. Uh, to evolve in a similar manner, but that was more so because of confidence and comfort levels of talking to a camera mm -hmm. in, in a crowd yeah. where people will look at you <laughs> and you just kind of have to hold your own and do what you're doing and that's it and filter the rest out. So that is not an easy thing to do. I imagine. To be honest, it's, and it's hard to just talk to the camera with and be succinct, be engaging and like you're trying to do a whole bunch of things all at once and it's difficult yeah including not tripping over 
railroad ties and things like that. <laughs> right. Which I do, even when I'm not trying right. to capture video. Right, yeah. Yeah, or a stroller or ECV comes out of nowhere. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what are your trips like these days then? Are they more business than pleasure? Like what is a typical kind of day in the parks look like for you? I know you mentioned tracking the Yeah, sun so I'll, I'll make a shot list stuff. basically and I build around it. Okay. Do you still get your fair share of pleasure and just riding? I know you. I know you ride rides in your vlogs, but do you feel like? Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like you spend more time, quote unquote, working, or or is it a mix of like vacation and business? I've actually kind of been slowly trying to split them, almost by trip. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a trip like. Dapper Day weekend was I wasn't worried about getting shots. Yeah. And I limited myself to like a vlog a day or two vlogs a day and that's it. Yeah. Whereas if I'm like trying to shoot food and wine, it's an entire afternoon. Then I meet with like somebody to do a food like it's like a content driven driven weekend because most of my trips are maybe two days, three days. Yeah. So that and that's the real way I'm able to go back as frequently as I am is that I just I find cheap flights, I stay at a value or at a friend's house and I'm just getting the content that I need and I'm focused on that. And then there's breaks in between, but I would say it's about 75% to 80% just content driven. Okay. Yeah. Uh what advice would you have for somebody who's like that sounds awesome, I want to do that? Like, and that's that's their starting point. What what advice would you give to them? Uh, if they want to get paid <laughs> if, to do this, stuff? I'd say paid or at least like a very serious hobby out of it. Yeah. I mean, tough to say because uh, my approach was my approach was was I don't want to say it, it kind of fell in my lap. I was putting things out there that people responded to. I think that that's really the key. You have to put yourself out there and not be afraid to do it. I know some people um, also always like the idea of achieving whatever it is that they set out to, whatever goal they have, and talk about it, but never really follow through with it or execute it, you know? Um, And I'm trying to speak in broad strokes because obviously in with Disney there's so many different things that you can do in terms of just creating content it can be a small shop it can be photography what have you but if you're local i mean just and speaking strictly about photography if you're local it's really easy to like get um photo shoots booked with people there's tons of founders that you can collaborate with and that can always be something and I try to do that as well as book, um, like by the half hour, get booked while I'm on those trips. That's awesome. I think that's really great advice. I know you said it just kind of fell in your lap, but you were, you were putting yourself out there and you were putting effort into the content mm-hmm. that you were creating. And in the pre-show, yeah. I, I commented about the audio quality on your vlogs and how I think that's a rare thing, but it's like, clearly you're considering just the product that you're putting out there and you're, you're putting the best version of your photography and your vlogs out there. And so, yeah, it's like, that's probably a really, yeah, it's, that's it's, a really good it's first basically, step. You know? It's me being my, my own quality control is that if I put something out there, it's going to represent me. The internet is forever. So be careful. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, put your best foot forward basically is what I'm saying. Be prepared, do your research. You know, I, I could talk about all the research that I've done for photography or for video uh, for a long time and give people advice on that because it's there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn, you know, uh, optimal video settings for YouTube so it doesn't compress the heck out of your video, you know, little things. Mm-hmm. Or what if people are watching vlogs on their phones, what frequencies make the audio sound very tinny and unappealing? researched all of that because that's the things that I'm considering in terms of the person's experience with my content. And that's through photography as well in the way that I edit, knowing that most people slide their brightness down a little bit. I make my photos just a little bit brighter so that they stand out from people's darker 
uh, night moded, whatever you call it. Um, also, a lot of them have blue light filters now. So yeah. I compensate for that by adding a little bit of pink. Uh, I add a little bit yeah. more sharpness because Instagram likes to bring down the quality and compress the heck out of the photos that you post. It'll go from like a 20 megabyte photo that's, you know, something that could be easily printed out in an 8 by 10 so very high quality, and brings it down into this like tiny 2 megabyte lossy quality thing. So mm -hmm. it's just stuff like that uh, that you don't consider, but yeah. make the experience better. Don't don't give away all your trade secrets. You can just make a, a YouTube video with it that you know you can have like a tutorial class that people pay for. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, the tons of research does learned. go into it. What's that? Tons of research does go into it. But yeah, that's what I'm saying is that if you're doing it, if you're doing it well, there's a reason for it. You know, you're not just putting stuff out there without ha making a conscious effort to make it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to your point about like doing classes and stuff like that, or just giving away secrets, um, honestly, people have asked me for advice and I give it away freely for the most part um, because, because, because you can be armed with all of the tools and, and knowledge available to you and it's out there if anybody wants it. It's you that has to take all of that and turn it into something. And from what I've noticed is that a lot of people really don't have that. They yeah. don't have the drive or they realize that they like the idea of being a famous vlogger with millions of followers, but don't realize there's going to be a long period where you're not finding much success. There is no encouragement to be found. You have to do these things because you love doing them and you're going to do it whether you have a thousand followers or a million. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's really okay. finding what motivates you that's like the key here. Right. Like for me, it was realizing, hey, Instagram is an amazing networking tool. And I gravitated towards it. Sure, during the beginning, I fancied myself getting 10K in my first month, right? That's just not how it works. I have everything going against me here. Like I'm in my 30s. I'm a male. I love Disney. Like right there is just very difficult to break in, right? So you find out what your like, strengths are I'm, and what I'm your works target on demographic. it. <laughs> I'm sorry for anybody else that felt that, but there is hope. Let me tell you yeah. that. There is a lot of people like me, like you. All right? Yes, sir. <laughs> so and what, that's the other thing is like love what you love. Yeah. That's it. And, and, mm. and love it without making excuses about Unabashedly. it. And criticize for that, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's like why does why, what, what business do I have liking disney especially from people who don't like yeah. disney they find it strange because you know the assumption is it's meant for children but stories are stories and i think those are universal you know yeah but anyway you're preaching to the choir. So too defensive but no no uh, I, it's, it's just kind stuff. of where things evolve it's like those those have been my experiences there is a lot of positive there is some negative but for the most part um my experience with the Disney community has been a net positive, especially um, if you guys watch my vlogs, like everyone I meet up with, I have met on Instagram. Everybody that I've met up with at the Disney parks, they became, they were started as Instagram friends. And then I met them in person and you'll see them pop up here and there. Yeah, that's super uh, cool. If you watch like my Disneyland vlogs from October, that, is a chat group that I made in August 2018 and one of the guys went so far as making a speech that that chat group brought all these people together <laughs> I'm in New Jersey they're all in like driving distance of Disneyland and they didn't know each other before I, it's like to me one of the coolest things that has ever happened like to have all these people brought together because we all vibe on the same level of fandom and appreciation of disney like it's a beautiful thing yeah yeah i think i saw that well i didn't see the speech or anything but i think i saw a post from that time you guys were drinking zombie drinks right oh it was a dangerous time if you watch that i basically am whispering into my microphone with the camera pointed at the group we're waiting for the junkyard jamboree and I'm just talking about how awesome everybody is and this was after two <laughs> I love zombies. you all. 
And yeah, no, it was basically my <laughs> I love you, man moment. Yeah, that's awesome. But we, just for, for that group of like 10 people. We tried to make then, zombies tonight. Well, we wanted a Disney themed drink and she's like, yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw something on Instagram of a drink that Andres really likes. So we looked it up and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, who's like this round? Was I was it like, the well, zombie? Also yeah, this yeah, round. it was the yeah. zombie. And I was like, that, that is, n- no, that is not that is a not Thursday a night drink. drink. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's we're, a, that's we're, a, we're, a, we're stuck at home, but. That's probably the strongest or second strongest drink that's like legally able to be sold. Yeah, I, think I mean, as soon as like I saw 151, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, this is not yeah. happening. You could probably set that yeah, thing on fire. There's a, it's a lot of rum. Yeah. That's and awesome. I believe that like there's an unwritten rule at most tiki bars that you can only have two of those in a night. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those yeah, are strong. I, I believe it. So... Yeah. So what's next for you and your channel and your photography? Like, what do you have goals that you're working toward? I mean, yeah, I, I'll back up a step and tell you that I, I'm business minded. Like, I used to have a band and we toured for like six years for put on many miles. Like, I, I have a business mindset. Like, metrics are good. Numbers are good. But um, presence is basically what I'm the most after. The more numbers I have, the more I can do with like what I have. So obviously media access is a good goal, right? Because then you can do things with that, Mm -hmm. right? You can collaborate with more people and your ideas can affect more people. So it's really just about what I've been doing, but extending that further out. So like just expanding the, the sphere of influence, if you will. Uh, just like, uh, I'm trying to think of an idea. Like I would love to be able to follow a Halloween Horror Nights scare actor for like a day, two days, see what it's like. I would love to have more time to interact with the princesses because I have tons of questions, but creating those just takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to be able to do interviews on the people mover with vloggers and anybody else that's kind of big in the fandom. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Let's do yeah, that. Yeah, I would. Can we and do that? there's also <laughs> ideas that I have for cinematic um, style, like almost movies, basically. Um, on Tom Sawyer Island, I have an idea for one. On Tomorrowland, I have another another idea for one, where it's just like things that capture the essence of all of that of the spirit so basically just taking what i have enjoyed about photography in the terms of you're capturing what that feeling is when you see it like the castle at sunset Mm. or um big thunder mountain during blue hour the feeling that you get when that monorail is crossing the water in front of the imagination pavilion taking extending that into like a video some sort of cinematic throw uh, a monologue on top of it and like some music and you know just something that evokes the same feeling that I had when I watched Witch- Wishes for the first time yeah so my my goals are like things like that in terms of business yes I would love to have 10,000 followers I would love to get monetized on YouTube I would love to be able to finish my blog because I have a website that I've had in the works for like six months now, but I never find enough time for it. I have shirt designs that I really like to do and put together. But again, it's just like there's so many things that I wish I could do, but I, I never seem to find enough time for it when I'm so focused on a couple of things already. The yeah. uh, photos feel like a well-oiled machine at this point. Uh, in terms of Instagram, I feel like I have it down. But... Outside of that, everything else kind of feels a little more up in the air and less firm. Yeah, those cool. are really some cool yeah. creative goals. And I'm excited to see what you do come out with. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, there's there's also like little things that I like to do. Like, I don't know if you guys knew about this, but I created a Dole Whip poetry book that I used to hand out in Adventureland. What? Yeah. I don't think so. That's awesome. Yeah. So th- this is like what I love is like the com- I feel like the community embraced me and then I try to get them involved with some ideas. So just the quick cliff notes of that. I just anybody who I saw that had like Dole Whip in their handle or Dole Whip 
in their posts or something or somebody who I, I could identify as a Dole Whip lover who is uh, that's very much me as well. Um, I approach them like, hey, would you like to contribute a poem, a haiku, whatever An about ode. it? Uh, ode to the Dole Whip. <laughs> yes. So basically, I titled it Pineapple Dreams. I made a little bit of artwork for it and printed it out. It was basically like one of those mini booklets that you can take from a full sheet of paper and fold it into like eight pages that flip open. Uh -huh. I'll send you a link later to it. But uh, basically, I, I printed out a ton of those. I handed it to like the cast members at Aloha Isle. I handed it to people who I saw were wearing like Dole Whip ears or shirts or whatever. So I just kept handing it out. And then I started hiding it in places. And then That's I so did the great. same thing over at Disneyland. And everybody's responses is just so pure, just so awesome and i'm trying to do the same thing now with uh alien mini book about like taking care of your alien and it i'll hand it out to people that uh are walking around with their alien popcorn bucket because i haven't even brought that up yet but that's like kind of become like part of this brand is the alien popcorn bucket as a like thing that people want to meet now <laughs> it's a very odd thing i don't bring him up too much in the vlogs but in the photos on instagram obviously in the stories he's kind uh -huh. of become his own sort of thing which is fun that's really cool he's like your uh like people have like a stuffed animal that they'll photograph like on their world travels like, yeah, yeah yeah he's kind of become a mascot yeah. in a way yeah now like uh, i have this like deep need to meet it <laughs> now that you've said it i mean him <laughs> uh, but some people even message me just for that photo they notice they'll see my stories on instagram and they'll see i'm at the parks and they'll be like hey are you there i was like yeah i was like where are you <laughs> i want to take an alien photo they're gonna start yeah. asking for like autographs can I, can I get an alien photo with a in my signature book yeah <laughs> Oh, gosh. It's just funny how people embrace that as well and go along with it. It's That's just... so cool. There's so yeah. much fun you can have just with, I mean, obviously Disney, but like with mm -hmm. the community and the, I don't say memes, but the icons of yeah. the parks, like a Dole Whip, for instance. Right. It's like, exactly. if, it's like right. if you know it, you know it. And you know, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of things like very... I don't want to say obscure, but obscure to the outsider. They're like so near and dear to an even smaller group of the Disney fans, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's like a little. It's almost like an in joke, you know, right. like an inside joke that or something like that, that we we are all in on. Like, we love this. We love that. We and we we alone get it with each other. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. I need to team up with a graphic design artist because I've got ideas for like shirts and stuff that are inside insider yeah. little mm -hmm. nice things, but I couldn't design something to save my life. Right. And don't tell me logo. that I should research and learn because it will not turn out very nice, <laughs> I don't think. I need I need time and drive. If we only had time. Time and like motivation. That's all I need. But then I, because yeah, I do feel like I like, like I do want to get into photography more because it's like, oh yeah. I mean, I took like a high school photography class and like, you know, I was really okay. into the idea of just composition and mm -hmm. like, I think I can get some good captures, but as far as like, you know, the more in depth technical things about it and editing, like, I mm -hmm. don't know. So I just need a little time. That'd be great. I would support this. Yeah, I don't know about financially, but I would help support it. <laughs> you cheer me on. It's like, oh yeah, I want this two thousand dollar piece of glass. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. It's an expensive little endeavor. That's, it is. That's it for is. Sure. I know a lot of people who are into photography. That's just like you know what, do a few weddings a year, and it pays for mm. all my gear. And I'm like, that's great. Good for you. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's one way to do it. Got to find ways to. To support that. I don't I don't unfortunately have any hobbies that make me money. Not yet. No. But hobbies. And yeah. that's that's some people good say like if you're ever if I'm ever afraid of like spoiling the hobby because I'm making money off of it and now there's some sort of I'm like, no, not really. It's like a byproduct of me having fun. So Yeah, so sweet. Yeah. yeah. It'd be it's, different it, if it was your sole source of income and there'd be the added stress of like if I don't 
create something create this amazing. thing that I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. But no, getting getting extra money on top of a full time job for something that you enjoy doing that's a passion. Yeah, that's a passion. The biggest project. difference there <laughs> it's pressure. That's yeah. the biggest difference, right? Exactly. Creating under pressure is not something a lot of people can do. That's that's tough. Yeah. I mean, that's how I teach. Just wait until I have to design that lesson plan. It's like, all right, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> but no, it would not work if it was something like videography. Right. All right, Rachel, do you have any other questions for our special guest here? So, yes, I do have a couple more photography questions. I was just wondering... Um, do you have a favorite time of year to go or favorite festival that you shoot or what is your favorite thing? So Flower and Garden is my favorite festival um, to shoot because of all the topiaries and, and all the flowers and all of that stuff just makes everything that you shoot during the rest of the year just so much cooler, so much better, so much colorful. Like it's there's nothing that compares to it. I also have an emotional attachment to it because uh, I followed around Lewis, aka Disney Nuts, who's a big uh, Disney photographer on Instagram, and he kind of just let me see how he operates, how he works, and it, it seems obvious now, but I never thought to just shoot vertically. I was shooting horizontal and cropping in or whatever, but I've shot vertically now <laughs> almost exclusively unless I want a particular shot. And usually I can accomplish a lot more with that because I know what the end result is going to be when somebody sees it on Instagram. So I just learned so much. I feel like that was when I started like, I don't know what the word is, but I'm going to use a flower term, blossom into a photographer. I felt more comfortable calling myself a photographer. So Flower and Garden is by far my favorite festival. And it's mm -hmm. also not as chaotic as food and wine, which yeah. is, ooh, it can get sloppy. <laughs> And, and and gross with, with all the people that come in and, and yeah, gets a little crazy. Yeah, I was watching your Flower Garden vlog from this year mm. where you mentioned you started shooting some of the topiaries and you're like, I'm going to go shoot topiaries because this is where I kind of came into my own as a photographer. Yeah, exactly. That's, so, uh, that's I don't right. really do that the, those types of vlogs lately. One, because they're a pain to edit, but two... Um, a lot of times now the, it's not like I'm carving out time just specifically for one thing that I want to make a vlog about. And I don't typically see too strong a response of that, like people wanting to seek out photography, unless I'm doing tips or something like that, which mm -hmm. is something that I might do. I haven't seen too much interest in like, here I am, take a couple photos and then move on. Like, I don't know, but I have thought about that being like an idea of like, Hey, challenge me to take photos. Like of cool. whatever it is, give me suggestions. I'll go do the best I can that I could vlog because then people would see their own suggestions kind of yeah. being created. Yeah. That's a cool idea. So do you shoot photos vertical and film horizontal then? Cause I can't yeah. imagine you shooting film vertically. Only if it's intended to be consumed on the phone, I guess. Yeah. Like, like Instagram on Instagram video or, or TikTok or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Or TikTok or whatever that is. You know, it's, it's all you shoot for the format yeah. that you're posting in. So, like, for a lot of shots, it's intended or produced in the way that it's intended to be consumed. That's all I can really say. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm shooting banners and wallpapers and stuff like that that's ending up on a desktop, then I'm shooting horizontal. Right. So this is a silly question, but my phone has like the one by one ratio. Would mm. you recommend the if Instagram. I'm like, if I'm doing in just taking a bunch of Instagram pictures, just straight up using that? No, no, not at all. Good to know. <laughs> just no. I never take photos. So I just only take video and do nothing with would it. You would you like to know why? Yeah. Okay. So this is a Instagram tip. At the end of the episode, if you made it this far, here's your reward. <laughs> Shooting in 5-4 uh, ratio is the best way to take up the most yeah. amount of space on the screen for Instagram. I have heard that from okay. our, our brother-in-law has. Yeah, so if you want, because it'll be longer as opposed to like. Okay. So when they yes. swipe, it won't be. Interesting. As fast going by, like they'll take up more space. Interesting. On okay. So yeah, if it. Learn something yeah, new every day. 
Yeah. So do you know, um, you're kind of describing it, Rachel, but it, it basically the, the algorithm is tracking how long people are engaged with your photo. So if it's longer, you're getting more engagement. It doesn't add up to much. You know, I look at a photo, I'm swiping up maybe like a microsecond more, but you add that with like 2000 people and their microseconds, that's two whole more seconds of engagement right there over if you had posted the same photo in one-to-one. -one. Hmm, crazy. Yeah, the best example that I can give though, because that doesn't work with video. Uh, yeah. Check out the Vans account on Instagram. All of their photos are in 5.4. All of their videos are in 1.1 one, one because that leaves enough space for the description to be seen. Oh, okay. So there's your my your Instagram. Tip if you... My Instagram game is weak, but if I ever take it seriously, I will have to remember those tips or Google. Well, hopefully, them. if 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 some people have made it to the end of the episode, there's their hot tip, and I hope you're all posting in five four the next day. Heck yeah! All right, Rachel. Any other questions? I don't think so. Okay, so Andres, you are a first time guest on Part of a World podcast, and we like to. Shoot is, a, is it time for the hazing? It is time for the hazing. Yes. We like to shoot a barrage of questions, actually tend to be specific, at you oh in boy. a lightning round style where um, the the objective is that you just answer with the first thing that pops into your head. You feel free to defend answers or not. Totally up to you. Um, you can give some rationale for them, but you know, don't overthink it and think that there's a correct answer. Just whatever your heart desires that is that is the answer. All right, so answer with my heart, not my brain. Got it. Yes. All right. So, I think Rachel, you're going to read the first question here. Okay. Favorite Disney movie? Mary Poppins. Ooh, I don't need to defend that. Quick. <laughs> Love it. Quick on the draw. Uh, here's another quote-unquote easy one. Favorite Disney song? Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. <laughs> Love that answer. Um, best Disney parks snack. Dole Whip. I thought you uh, might say course. that. Of <laughs> course. No surprises here. So the next question, I think, bears a little bit of explanation, but it's your favorite non-e-ticket attraction, meaning your favorite attraction that is not a fast pass attraction. Not a fast pass attraction? You're going to make me sit down and think, what isn't fast pass? <laughs> Pass yeah, it's like it's lightning round. It's supposed to be quick, and you're like, "Wait, what is not a fast pass?" It can also a lot of people answer something that they just would never use a fast pass on, and that's okay. Although it's kind of cheating. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think now of the category. There's a lot of rides that I I I, I don't know. Like, okay, now. I, in my head, I'm going park by park. Like, would I do this? Would I do that? Um, it could also just be a super rare ride that, not rare, but like not a popular one that you would ever wait for, if that makes sense. Is Jungle Cruise technically? It's not an e-ticket, right? It is. It is. <laughs> is it? Mm -hmm. I thought it was a D. <laughs> Telling this question's got to go, Keenan. I'm sorry. <laughs> we revise them sometimes. Somehow this one's stuck around. Rachel hates this question. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, let's say the Indiana Jones stunt show. Okay. There you go. She's <laughs> oh, just shaking okay. her head over here. Yep. What is your <laughs> must ride every trip or almost every trip? I have two that I have to do every time, which is Haunted Mansion and Pirates. All right. Very and good. it's kind of become a tradition now if I'm shooting behind the castle, uh, fireworks, that I run to Big Thunder and get on that before it closes. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Good answer. What is your most memorable character interaction? Um, I'll keep this one short, but uh, when I was nine, I fancied myself the next Gene Kelly and took up tap dancing and eventually my dance school went down to florida to dance uh, at disney world and it included some sort of program where you got to like meet with a disney choreographer and like learn a bit with them and uh 
in that class that we did it was like a three-hour class towards the end of it mickey came out and like did a, the dance that we were learning with us and that by far was my best yeah that's incredible that is such a like unique awesome <laughs> experience man you just do it all you got the yes. tap dancing you yeah. toured with the band what kind of music by the way was the band the tour funk with? yes yeah, yeah. I, should, I play bass guitar yeah, and, you should uh, hear his um magic happens bass yeah Okay. Yeah. It's... Oh yeah. Check it. Yeah, I, I posted that last weekend. Is it on YouTube? Just, uh, no, I actually posted it on IGTV, um, and then I'll post it on my YouTube uh, tomorrow. Good. So uh, I need I'm to get. I, 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 I need like to. to I story. like to spread that so that you don't get the initial views like spread out too much. It's yeah, focused it's in one area, and hopefully that drags traffic towards other places people can discover you, and then post it somewhere else. Let that kind of simmer and marinate. It's just a, a way to like create. To have the content like you know spread out a little bit nice awesome all right well we know the answer to this one but what's your favorite epcot festival <laughs> flower and garden but i'll tell you my second is uh festival of the arts all right why all is right. that why is that your second uh, again it's very colorful and and the attraction to the art and the artists that are actually there that you can speak to and interact with as well as an extra layer honestly thinking about it like I think food and wine might be, might be my least favorite because it's just strictly the one thing that all the other festivals have, which is the food and the wine mm -hmm. and, and alcohol and all of that. But like festival of holidays has like the added like performances and mm -hmm. all of this stuff. And like the food is reflected in like the culture and how they celebrate the holiday. And that's really cool. And then the arts, the food is like wild and out there, how everything is plated. It's super cool. But then flower and garden is themed with like different types of foods and like sustainabilities and blah 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 like there's there's so much more happening that it feels like there's more layers and depth to it mm -hmm. obviously i'm not going to say no to a bunch of delicious food like a food and wine but it feels like it's missing a, a, an additional layer makes sense that's what i'm saying yeah i don't know if that's that's me just being the cynical disney fan who's been fortunate enough to go to all of the festivals you know yeah, I mean, I think all the festivals are cool in their own right, but you're right. Food and wine's a little bit, it's kind of overwhelming, and it's, it. you're right, it's bland thematically compared to the other festivals. Right, I think the the additional theming is what attracts me more to those, but yeah, the, the, the food and wine is definitely the most popular, so I might be in the minority with that. <laughs> okay, so for our next question, dig deep into the reserves here, because the sky is the limit, but what mm -hmm. is the top item on your Disney bucket list top item I would like to be able to take my camera up to the top of the castle where Tinkerbell usually comes out during the fireworks and yeah That'd be either awesome. with, with a video with a, a, like a helmet with a video cam and you know I need like several cameras with me going all at once. Yeah. And I need multiple cameras on the ground as well. I don't know. I need something, but I would love to see what that, that view, that experience is like. Yeah. That's sweet. <laughs> Very unique answer. I like that. Uh-huh. Okay. So you can bring back one defunct attraction or restore a current one to an older or original form. What do you bring back? All right. With the understanding that this won't cause any more damage, I'm bringing back the Yeti from yes. B mode to A mode. Yes. Love it. All but if that. I brought it back, it's not going to hurt the mountain and the supports and all that yeah. stuff. Um, all right. Last question. Oh, boy. Don't quit your day job or your side gigs. Yeah. But if you had to be a cast member, what would you do? Hmm. trying to think uh i would love to operate a ride but i don't think i could pull off being a jungle cruise skipper i'm a little too <laughs> laid back <laughs> hmm but i don't have to be realistic here right no right they, and they would be stuck listening to my jokes even if they were poorly delivered right correct yeah they couldn't fire me because I wasn't funny. So I'm going to choose Jungle Cruise Skipper. All right. Very good. <laughs> you could always work at the um, Skipper Canteen, you know. Yeah, there's there's some unfunny people there. 
<laughs> I always get. Have you guys eaten there? No. no. Uh, it sometimes uh, I've eaten there twice, and sometimes you get someone who's like they should be on the Jungle Cruise because they're that good, and there's some people that are like, I don't know if they want to be there. Like, yeah, there was like no in between. It's like you either get the full act or you just get food. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. I still, it's on my list of places I want to eat, but I think we've always got little ones with us, and it's a bit eclectic, so never makes the cut. I, I think there's some safe items on that menu, but like if you're into Adventureland and or any of that, um, what is the the secret societies or or something like that? The oh, one yeah. that. You heard of it, right? The right. one that like Tokyo Sea has a lot of references yeah. to. It has like bookshelves you can look at. It has like a secret room in the back. Like it's. it's I've heard the with... themings. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, we're that's... just not we're just not big on table service. Yeah. It we takes up precious time. Park time. Yeah. Precious park time. But sometimes it's a good idea to sit down and cool your heels relax a little bit society of explorers and adventurers is what that is called exactly i was gonna say explorers guild but close mm. cool well thank you so much for coming on and sharing your life with us really i mean your disney journey yeah tricks yeah. of the trade was, uh, and all that good stuff and i didn't even have to pay you guys <laughs> Gosh, we didn't have usually, to pay uh, usually this is covered under insurance. <laughs> Talking this much about Disney. Right. Uh, it's much needed in these trying times. I feel like it's always needed, but especially now I'm like, uh, we have the time. We should just, we're a bi-weekly show. We should do a show every week. We should guests, talk Disney, bring the magic into our home, and then send it out for the world. Yeah, so one more quick question. How are you keeping the the magic alive during... These times when you can't go to the parks, you can't get your your photos. Well, in. other other than getting to go on a podcast and talk about Disney for an hour, um, like we mentioned before, we had that Zoom meeting where we we're playing Animal Crossing and talking mm -hmm. about Disney. Uh, thankfully, I think I have a really good support system built up from social media and Instagram and all that, so we can talk about Disney basically every day. Yeah. So. That's really the, the best way I can think of it. But there's been little ways, too. Um, I hosted a quarantine animation academy uh, on Instagram. I went live. I had a my phone pointed down towards a piece of paper. And I kind of went through drawing different characters. Jeez, so cool. you can draw, too. <laughs> there's nothing this man can't do. I said, you can draw, too. I mean, I can... I dabbled in a lot of things. Multi-generational like, talent here. Just dabbled right a lot. Huh? Is generational the right word there? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, probably not. What's... And it, it made sense to me when I heard it. <laughs> no, what's the term when you've got like, I'm in sports, you got somebody like coming into the draft. They could say generational talent. Oh. Oh, okay. I see. But yeah. I, I misappropriated I it, it because I said multi-generational. I should have just said generational. Like, but it, I Jeez, know what you're getting at, and uh, and it's cool. It's cool. I get it. <laughs> I appreciate that. But like I told you, like I dabbled in a bunch of stuff, and it was only until like the photography started taking on a life of its own that I truly embraced it. Yeah. So like it's for me, I like to learn about things, how they work, and all that stuff, and like learn a little bit because it enhances my appreciation for it. So being a big fan of Disney, I learned to draw. You know. Being a well, big fan of, like, I don't know if you guys have had the fortune of seeing, like, a Disney, like, Broadway show or anything like that. But I was fortunate enough to see those when I was little. So I, like, had an appreciation for the music. And, you know, one thing leads it to another, you know. A lot of things, it's weird how you can trace it back to Disney. Yeah. At least for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's turned you into quite the Renaissance man. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell people where they can find all this awesome content that you're putting out there where how can they find you and interact with you and see what you're up to all right so i do spend the majority of my time on instagram when it comes to social media that is at thrills and magic and you can find me basically everywhere else uh youtube and twitter and tiktok under those under that name as well 
Nice. I just joined TikTok, but I don't think I follow you yet. So that will happen tonight. All it's right. A, have you posted a, anything? I, I have. See I, it. I have. Yeah. It's 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 a funny medium, and I really like the challenges that it poses for trying to create content. But I'm not very good at it yet. I've got all these ideas. I swear, if I just film myself talking and saying something that's irrelevant, I get like three times as many views as if I plan. I've planned out skits and stuff, and then it's like they they flop. So you have to. Uh, how do you put this? You have to look like you didn't make an effort but people know that you made an effort. Yeah. It's just how you have to come across. I, I haven't think. gotten there yet. I think I, I, I know people who are big on Instagram that are actively doing TikTok research and like, huh. this is a thing. Yeah. Like they know that there's a lot of whatever you want to call it. They can capture that from there. Like bounders doing the ones where they like snap their fingers and they've changed yeah. their outfit. Yeah. Those are cool. Yeah. I'm trying to get Rachel into it. <laughs> I do have ideas. Are you guys going to do I'm dances? At, I'm at Teach Disney on TikTok if y'all want to <laughs> follow me there. I tried to straddle the teach because teachers are really big on TikTok. So I'm kind of mm. torn between like, do I want to do the teacher content or the Disney content? I'm like, yeah, let's teach do it Disney. both. Keep it family friendly. Teach Disney. <laughs> teach Disney. Yeah. Done. But I'm not teaching Disney. I wanted to be Disney teacher, but that was taken, of course. Yeah. Wasn't too quick on that. Cool. Well. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. I feel yeah. like we've learned a lot. And like you said, <laughs> we could go way deeper down the rabbit hole and talk about all sorts of stuff. And I think we oh, have for sure. Yeah. In the future planned for a game that we're going to play with you that we didn't get to tonight, but we can do that. Maybe even the form of a bonus episode could be fun. Yeah. I know we're looking forward to that. So thanks again for coming on and yeah. Thank you for so being much a part of our me. world, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Both in Disney and our Animal Crossing world. Right. And our island. And yes. our island. Part our of our islands. island. <laughs> uh-huh. That's our... New name for the show. Uh-huh. We're rebranding. New name for the show, yeah. Thanks for joining us this week and being a part of our world. Please reach out to us on social media. We can be found at Part of Our World Podcast on Instagram or Facebook and on Twitter at P-O-O-W Podcast. You could also shoot us an email, part of a world podcast at gmail.com, or call into our voicemail, 614-392-8147. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, have a magical day. <laughs> Are you ready? Welcome to Neverland.